Hello, Gompies, and welcome to 100% Hits Volume Pod. My name is Josh Earl, and today, she's been on the show before, but not as a guest. So can you please welcome for the full hour, it's Jordan Barr, everyone. Yay! Hey, hello. How are you? Good. How are you, Jordan? Yeah, I'm good. The sun's out. I'm. I feel like I'm definitely one of those people that gets what's that thing called? Um, sad in yes, winter. Yes, seasonal affective disorder. A hundred percent. Like yeah. because, and I always forget about it until the first like weekend of spring, and then I walk out and I'm like, oh, this is this is happiness. Usually, my favorite time of year is the first hot or warm day after winter. Mm. And then it's the day after when it's not as warm, but everyone in Melbourne thinks it's that going to be that warm, and they get stuck on the public transport, freezing, coming home from work. You go, this is bullshit. That's my favourite day of the year. But yes. This this year that hasn't happened yet. We've got nice days up until tu- next Tuesday. Yeah, we're in the mid twenties. It's yeah. going to be crazy. I but mean, yeah, terrible it- for the environment. Good for us though. Yeah, that's the thing. Global warming. I love to be warm. Yeah. <laughs> like. Show me the negatives and yeah. then I'll yield. <laughs> there goes all our spon- uh, Spotify money. Uh, they, they'll, they'll take us down. No. Hey, so we're talking music. Now you, uh, musical theatre? Yes. Yeah. I did it all through high school and then I kept doing it at uni as well. Yeah. I'm also a performing arts uh, theatre degree kid. Uh, <laughs> so were, you, were your parents musical or was your family musical? No, not at all. Like no one, I don't even think in my extended family is that musical. One of my cousins played viola, actually was really good at it. But like a great appreciation for music. Like my dad has a huge collection of records. Um, My mom is a huge fan of music as well. And so I think it was like, like we always had sing-alongs and stuff in the car, like musical, but not actually good at music. Yeah, Never actually had any skills if that makes sense and was there a was there a band or an artist that was your first like proper fandom of that like who was the first fan who's the first person you were a fan of this is so cliche but i cannot tell you how invested and deep i was in this band i don't know if you've heard of them little band called the beatles oh yeah Um, yeah i I think i know them (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. guy from wings right yeah 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 yeah. the guy from wings yeah um i actually had a woman i did a Beatles reference in a show once and this woman stuck behind to tell me that she was like that song that you said Blackbird that's not a Beatles song she was like I love the show about that I I, I couldn't stop thinking about that you're you're referencing the wrong band it's Wings that wrote Blackbird and at first I was like no 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 like definitely the Beatles like famously like probably one of their more iconic songs and she would not let it go to the point where I was like ah okay I'll change it it's definitely a Wings song (laughs) like is it Wings or is it Beatles? It's the Beatles. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was going to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was definitely that. I know, yeah, it's it's such a cliche. But do you know what? They wrote some good songs. They sure <laughs> did. They sure did. And, it like, it you know, it was back in the day where you had, like, a CD in the car. So you would just listen to an album. Yeah. And I think it's, like, the theatrical side of it as well is that so many – especially as like a kid, like primary school age, so many of their songs are stories. Yeah. So it's I, like. I laughed the other day. Someone tweeted this and it made me laugh a lot going, it's so funny that people think that Sergeant Peppers is a concept album where the concept is let's just write some good songs. Yeah. Like it's not really a concept album. Like, no. That starts off saying we are Sergeant Peppers and then it just goes into songs that has nothing to do with, hey, this is our band. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I know that that like, and then of course, like, I didn't get obsessed with him, but like grew up with like crowded house and and Paul Kelly, a lot of it, like very car trip core, if you get what I mean. Yeah. yeah. I totally understand that. So we're talking 100% hits winter 2001 side B. So 2001. Quite a year. (laughs) Yes. Well, this is all before (laughs) shit started happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we were still in the heyday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That... This is all just before. Uh, so <laughs> let's just kick off then. Okay, so this is a song originally called Panic. They changed it to Don't Panic to be a, <laughs> a bit more positive. Little did they know that the world was about to panic. This is Coldplay and Don't Panic. Sinking like stones, all that we fall for. Homes, places we've grown, all of us are done for. Don't panic, 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 don
That's all I can play. It's only a two-minute song. Yeah, it, I was listening to it this morning and I was, and it quickly changed and then I think I'd lined up another song on the playlist. I'll let you know when it comes okay. up. It was quite a quite a um, bit of whiplash. A, a bit of a gear <laughs> shift, yeah. They do that. They do that a fair bit. So uh, this was one of the earliest songs the band had, had written. Uh, they played at their very first gig in Camden. Apparently, uh, Chris Martin wrote it about a bad date that he had with a girl called Alice Hill. He named the girl. He was fine, like... Because he said he was the one who was bad on the date. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it was called Panic, so that's that's great. Uh, it had a different melody and uh, different lyrics, and it was on their EP, The Blue Room. What do you think of Coldplay, Jordan? Not a fan. Okay. I, I do think they're uh, – I have a place in my heart for them. I think I just don't really love – Chris Martin, maybe that's it. But I, because like I'll listen to like King Stingray's cover of Yellow, and I'm like, wow, this is one of the most beautiful songs ever written. But then I'll hear Coldplay do Yellow, and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> well, it's it's funny. so Parlophone, the label, wanted to release this as the fourth single, and the band said, no, nah, three singles from the album is enough. Yeah, which is because I was worried that people would get sick of them. Very self aware because people did really get sick of them. In spite of their best efforts, yeah, yeah. I, I think. But and what's interesting about like this song is that it is like, I, well, I guess because I'm not like a big fan, I didn't know. I was like, what's "Don't Panic"? Like, I literally didn't connect that because you yep. would think it would be called "We Live in a Beautiful World." They say it about seventy times. Yeah, it. I was laughing, like going. I mean, my relationship with my friends is different, but if I went into my band and said, "Hey, I've written this song." And it's all that we live in a beautiful world. People, surely there's some eye rolling going, fuck it, hell, go and write some more lyrics. I feel yeah. the same about Beautiful Day. Like when you two release Beautiful Day, it's a perfect song for dads. Get up, go, oh, it's a beautiful day. Go on, let's go, let's go get yeah, it. Let's yeah, go get yeah. it. It's like real. <laughs> and I know you two and Coldplay are both now considered dad rock, but it, they, these are perfectly dad. Dad's up early, he's making noise, he's wanting other people to get up and enjoy the beautiful morning. And yeah. Absolutely, yeah. You could imagine your dad barreling through, being like, "It's a beautiful day." Yeah. <laughs> Don't let it go to waste. Just opening doors. your curtains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so patronising as well. <laughs> that song, which is like supposed to be glorious, and like you're walking through, it just becomes the most like nails on the chalkboard song. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Coke and the Gap wanted to use this song in ads. They offered millions of dollars, and the band turned it down. So you know they got they got good morals, and then they asked their manager, "Hey, don't." come to us with these offers anymore because we don't want to be compromised. We're not, we're never going to say yes, but I think they have said yes to ads now. Oh, definitely. As if, as if Telstra haven't used a Coldplay ad. Well, I as think, if. I think this song's been used in like a, a network ad, like channel nine or something like that. Like I yes. think. Yeah. Absolutely. Also he married Gwen Stefani. Oh wait, no, no. he didn't. <laughs> no. <married> Paltrow. <laughs> Gwen Paltrow. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Getting my Gwen's confused. Uh, this song was also on the soundtrack uh, that every every person my age who was into Indian whimsy had, which was the Garden State soundtrack. Uh, yes, my fave. And I, I love, I still I still love it. Yeah, well, it's got, it's got that very nice Colin Hay song on it, um, I Don't Think I'll Ever mm. Get Over You. That was good. And then that scene with new slang by the shins where it's like, it's going to change your life. And I am always reminded of Rob Delaney's tweet where he did it. So she puts the headphones on and it's just loud farting noises. It's <laughs> very good. It's perfect. I mean, look, the looking back at that film now, you're like, it has some faults, but I think we need to leave a special place in our heart for the, the person that loved that film. Well, when it came out. they're also included in another film that has some faults. Uh, the 40 year old virgin, uh, <laughs> Paul Rudd's character and I think it's Seth Rogen's character just say, I know you're gay because, and one of them is because you listen to Coldplay. <laughs> so that's that hasn't aged great in 2023. It hasn't aged great. And yet still true though. <laughs> well, I look, I said it last time. I like Coldplay. I don't listen to them. But every yeah. time they come on, I'm like, look, they know how to write a song. They know how to do that thing. Because yeah. Like you said before with uh, King Singro, I took the kids to watch Sing 2 and there's a scene where the gorilla sings A Star <laughs> Full of Skies and Jordan had me tearing up. I was crying, not crying, but I was like misty-eyed because the dad was so proud of his son singing yes. and he couldn't show it and it was just like, oh. And the dad the, gorilla? Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, so Taron Edgerton sings it. And it's like, it's such <gasps> a, it's, it's music that's, I could see in musicals and stuff like that. That's the yeah. kind of stuff it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, uh, it's kind of like U2 meets Les Mis. It's, yeah. I find, yeah, I felt when that song started, the, the verses, I was like, man, this actually, like, I literally said, God, I need to like actually put some effort in. And if I, if I'm going to not like Coldplay, I need to like have a reason because I really like this. But then as soon as they got into the chorus, I was like, oh, I don't know. There's something where I was like, I'm pulling back. And I think it is the Chris Martin of it all. I think if I saw a gorilla singing it. Yes. It would then, change everything. Then having a, a battle with sticks is what happened in the movie. Okay. We're going to move on. <laughs> Another song from the album Black and Blue this is The Boys of the Backstreet and their song, The Call. Hello? Hi, it's me. What's up, baby? I'm sorry. Listen, I'm going to be late tonight, so don't stay up and wait for me, okay? Where are you? Changed my destiny. Me and my boys went out just to end up in misery. Was about to go home when she was standing in front of me. I said hi. I got a little place nearby. Wanna go? I should have said no. Someone's waiting for me. When I come, I go up and say, I'm sorry. Gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go. Dogs. I can't believe this song. There's so, there's there's got to be some kind of genre name for it, where it's just men cheating on their partners, but making it seem like they had no control. They yeah, like, I, I had to do standing it. Standing there. I was with I was with my boys, and she was there. I had to do it. I had to do it. She was standing there. Like this girl wasn't like grinding up on it like even if that that's not even an excuse but like literally <laughs> standing there and he's like I'm Mesare <laughs> like all right it's crazy now I thought I'd we've talked about the Backstreet Boys so much Jordan but I thought yeah. I, I'd I've hit every single story but this song has one of the all-time great yes! cr- creative things do you know about this no but I'm so right, excited here we to go. hear so Max Martin produced this song yep okay so they're in, they're in the studio and Howie was in the booth. He's about to do his vocal break. He took a big breath of air in and then farted. <laughs> and they caught it. They caught that. And then Max Martin, being the genius that he is, he made that fart. Like he put it through some filters. And that's the bass sound on this song. How his fart stayed on the record. And it's a bass sound that dun 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 dun. Apparently is how he farting. Get out of here. That's the best thing I've ever heard. That's so funny. What are you- so he he came out and said this in 2017, like 16 no, because- years or 17 years after because they recorded it in 2000. Yeah, go, sorry. Cut, yeah. I just, I feel like that would be, the, yeah, because you've got to keep that. That's a secret that you take to your grave. Poor Howie. First of all, his name's Howie. Yeah. And then like, and, and I feel like the Backstreet Boys would be like, they're the kind of boys who'd be like, no, bro, like, don't do it. Like, this is us, like, secrets. Like, they're laughing, but they're like, haha, don't tell anyone, though. Like, they're embarrassed about farting. And they also don't think that women fart. I think that they genuinely <laughs> do not think they do. They're like, it's so gross. <laughs> um, so AJ McLean apparently said it. He said, mm-hmm. how is fart become an instrument and is on the record for the rest of our lives? <laughs> and he's saying, this is the genius of Max Martin. He could turn a fart into a bass sound. And then, of course, people asked Howie. And he said, I plead the fifth. And then he went on to say, nah, yeah, okay, yeah, it's true. It's a true story. <laughs> Just say you farted, yeah. bro. Your career is not going great. This will help. <laughs> These guys, AJ McLean, he also says that this was the beginning of a very hard time for him, this song, because on the where they were filming the film clip it was the first time he tried cocaine. <laughs> and so for the next 16 years, he had substance abuse issues. 
Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, I thought it meant that he was like just dancing a little too hard in the video, no. but he like sprained his ankle. <laughs> no, he said it on the Oprah Winfrey show. Um, so this song in the US only got to fifty-two. In Australia, it got to nineteen. Number one in Romania. Could be the only song in the world where a build around a fart reached the top of the charts in Romania because I don't oh, think they had the Vaughns who farted there. Um, of course, it was Romania as well. Yeah. I hate to say it, but they they love to fart. I don't know. I'm making some generalizations. <laughs> I don't know. There goes our Romanian listeners. All right, <laughs> we're going to move on. We're going to go to Germany for some trance music. This is Fragma and their song "You Are Alive." Forty seconds for Coldplay, a minute forty-four for Fragma. That's the type of show this is, guys. <laughs> Hell yeah! But I'm so glad we did that. That was. Uh, it's. It's not until it kicks into the chorus there that you really start to feel it. Yeah. Because at first I was like, I might not listen to this song ever again. And then when it started getting into that, I was like, I might listen to this on repeat. I for think the rest of my life. Whoever was compiling this uh, compilation went, "Don't panic, you're alive." I think they were going through some stuff. I think they were <laughs> yes. trying try to look for some positives. Yes. So Absolutely. We have talked about these guys on the pod before. This is the first time, though, with vocalist Demay. Uh, so this is their fourth and final single from their debut album called Toka. This single got to number four in the UK. Uh, to, uh, their previous one got to one. This, uh, one after that got to two. This is got to four. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got the top 20 in Austria, Denmark, Ireland, Norway, Romania, and Spain. Now, Demay's interesting. So she was discovered uh, by... A photographer who was one of these weird kind of dodgy. The photographer was walking through a mall and saw yeah. a, a young teenager and went, "That person's beautiful. I, I want to make them a star." Oh, I hate that. I hate yeah. that as well because I know that when I was like a teenager, I was like, maybe that will happen for me. Yeah, <laughs> and it never did. Because there's an Australian model. I'm not sure if it was like Miranda Kerr or someone like that got yeah. spotted in the mall. Okay, so Demay was 14. She got a modelling contract and then uh, she was offered like acting work and other modeling and she turned it down and joined a punk band. Oh, okay, I love her. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> and it was while she was uh, singing in a punk band they were recording and uh, Ramon Zenka of Fragma, he was producing a track in there and heard her sing and said, oh, would you like to work with me? Good news. She's an adult by this stage. Oh, thank like, God. She's nineteen twenty, <laughs> And uh, so she, because they'd had a few other vocalists and then for pretty much a decade, she they worked with just Demay from then on. And so this was the last top 10 hit in the UK. The only time they charted was when they released a remix of Toka's Miracle in 2008. Uh, which went to number one before, and then I think that one got to like number eighteen or nineteen. Mm, 
In yeah, 20- I was. Yeah, I don't think Toka is a is a household name. <laughs> no, no. In 2009, though, they promised new material and said they just recorded a new film clip that has a Matrix vibe, and Madonna loves it. Although I tried to find Madonna, I I googled Madonna Fragma, nothing. There's no, no relation. There's no, there's no evidence of her saying that she loved it. So she, maybe she said it to him in private. Maybe she said, "Hey, yeah, I really love that. That's great." Yeah. But oh, that's she, great. Well. Yeah. Also, maybe that gives you can put that on your show poster for next year. <laughs> Madonna loves it. Yeah. Who's gonna say she doesn't? <laughs> but this kind of look, this is a type of music that I would never imagine listening to in my private life. Mm-mm. But when it comes on, I mean, I like it. I was dancing. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's like it's one of those songs where unless it comes up on like a movie soundtrack or a TV show or something like that, I'm not going to seek it out. Yep. It has to come to me that way and then I'll be like obsessed with it. And it's like and it has that kind of like cascader quality to it. Remember that chick who would be like, um, oh, she sang like that song Heaven that ended up Must being. Be here. Is uh, that one? Because no, you got she... to be here. Heaven. That one? <laughs> No, but I wish it was. No. <laughs> it's like or like when she's like, uh, it's very sad, but it's like also disco pop and like, okay. <laughs> like all that era. But it's like it's that very like kind of sweet. It's kind of like what churches does now in the yep. sense that it's like like really hyper like um, forward tones. But she's a great singer. And who knew that she came from a punk band? Yeah. I never would have guessed that. Model turned punk rocker. I love it. It's and great. all before the age of 20. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on. Family band here. We've talked about them so many times. This is <laughs> the third single from In Blue. This is The Cause and their song, Give Me a Reason. Give me a reason. side <laughs> i think that is not it, there's something about that era of of pop where they had like a real teeny kind of sounding guitar that would like go into this like bah, 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 yeah like <laughs> the beats as well and you're like you don't know what this is you just had to put out another song there was a little bass line at the very beginning which sounds like that uh that's, what's the song called it's got it goes chain chains i don't know that that old song that Chain of Fools? Yeah, I the, think that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. But, look, I've, I've written two notes here. Normally I have like almost, you know, 500 words on each thing. I've just gotten, this is so fucking boring. That's one. And the other yeah. one is, give me a reason to keep talking about you. That's all I've written. Okay, so that that's as harsh as I normally get. I normally leave that kind of negativity to bands <laughs> like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but I'm sorry, listeners. You're pulling so- out your inner dicko in this Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if there's big cause fans, but this is, I don't know, like when they were, you know, doing the, the Celtic inspired kind of fiddle and stuff like that, it was interesting in the world of pop because no one was doing it and they were doing it yeah. in a kind of fun, creative way. This one just sounds like they're like, oh, we want to, we want to be pop stars now and we don't really know what we're doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. It feels like they just like someone was like, okay, you have to put out another song and they're like, ah, oh, okay, G- yeah. give me a, re-. like, it's not. There's nothing like, yeah, there's nothing interesting going on. It just feels like background music. It feels like something you would hear like while you're walking through a DFO. Like it's not like, it's not good. The call was about, you know, calling up your girl and saying, hey, I I can't, don't wait up. I'm I'm just hanging out. So this Uh, is 
from her side the next day when he comes home and she finds out and she's like, give me a reason to stay, okay? This yes. Is, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's as opposed to um, that Lady Gaga song, A Million Reasons. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on, unless you've got anything more to say about the cause. i got nothing to say about those girls. <laughs> Would you ever join a band with your family members? No, no. The bars, I think the bars, the bars. And the cause. That's good. The bars, yeah, that would be great. And we get like, and the bars. That's kind of a musical yeah. terminology. Absolutely. Um, no, no, I think not. I think that we would uh, end up killing each other. So <laughs> I think we'll leave it be. All right, we gotta move on now. The fact that this song is here in the lineup and not at the very end, I don't know what's going on, but. Normally they put novelty songs at the end. Here we go. This is The Mutts and their, I'm going to say song, What's Up? <laughs> Hello. Hey, what's up? Stuff. You know, just hanging and chilling. How you doing? We need to play. It's this. This is art. This, this is, is what art is. <laughs> All right, I'll stop it there. I might play some more as we talk about it. But um, this, this is in two thousand one. This would have been someone's favorite song. Yeah, yeah, Can, absolutely. And 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 I think rightly so. What this has done has has captured mundane moments in our life. And this is also the second phone call starting yeah. song on the playlist, which is a real, I want more songs starting with dialogue uh, in 2023. We've lost that. And I think it's something that would heal us as a society. Um, but, you know, they're just calling each other. They're just saying, hey, hello. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm trying to imagine the type of person who's this is their favourite song. Okay. Mm. Look, I've never been to America. I'm going to say this was a hit in Florida. Of what I know about Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So some dude on a jet ski drinking Bud Lights loves this song. Yeah. It's his favorite Immediately song. gets eaten by an alligator. It's the last Great. song he hears. So it's his favorite song. He, he's died, okay? <laughs> we go to pay our respects to Jaden as the coffin gets <laughs> as the coffin gets lowered. Here we go. want this as my funeral song now <laughs> i want this be a fun funeral it would be great okay. yeah i i think it's i think it's a stellar song so what, what went into the production of this was it years of was it like leonard cohen writing in 40 notebooks <laughs> what what happened <laughs> so what it is is they've taken super freak by rick james a, aka <laughs> aka mc hammers you can't touch this and they've combined it with a budweiser ad to make look, it could be the least amount of work on a song ever on this podcast. Okay, oh, so this is who it is. So it's, we've talked about the the group before, not as Demuts, but as UK DJs Shaft, and they released <laughs> two songs that were very high on the charts. They got to number two: uh, Macho Mumbo, Sway, and Mumbo Italiano. <gasps> okay, well, Mumbo Italiano. Is a beautiful song, and I won't hear any different. Well, they, they said they, mumbo, and then they said it's Italiano. <laughs> they put some dance piece behind it. Okay, so the Budweiser ads were from '99, so this is 2001. So this is two years after an ad. Okay, yeah. So this is like someone two years after Not Happy Jan putting that out as a song. Come on, that would be a hit. That would be a hit. <laughs> It's so funny because it's like that song like really got to me and I'm sure I've heard it before, but like not, I, I just, ha it was, it felt fresh. It felt great. And I was like, I love <laughs> that music can be this like yep. shit, but also enjoyable and then so complicated <laughs> as well. And I'm like, there's got to be space for both. There has to be space for what's up. 
with two U's. Yes. So I looked into the actual Budweiser ads. So they started as a short film. It was called True. It was written by a guy called Charles Stone III. And it was him and his friends all on the phone just going, hey, what's up? What's up? It was just a funny little short film. They took it in to a, like a creative director and art director. The art director's name is Chuck Taylor, which I found weird, at a Chicago-based ad agency. They saw it and they said, we want that. And so all of the characters from the first uh, short film were in the ad, except for one, a guy called Scott Martin Brooks. Uh, no, he, he replaced this guy called Kevin Lofton, who declined to audition. He's like, I don't want to audition. I'm the guy. I, don't, I, shouldn't, I should be offer only. <laughs> and so he didn't, he didn't get it. And the role was Dookie was the role. So I, Wow. You hear so many stories of people doing that and it being so successful because everybody remembers the success stories. But I want to hear more about people who were like, no, I'm worth more. And then they're like, well, you're I, not. <laughs> I absolutely think an amazing podcast or documentary series would be uh, the person who was second to get the role. So yeah. famous roles goes to such and such, and then the person who was next in line and was just some casting director going, oh, which one? Oh, they're, they're taller. They'll, they'll get it. There's a guy in Melbourne. His name escapes me, which is so rude, but he's, he's lovely. He's a musical theatre performer. He's a lead, and it was in his program, and people, this is like the story about him, is that he was down to the final three for Harry Potter. Oh, incredible. And and this is okay, and he's still like a wildly successful like musical theatre performer in Australia, but it's like, yeah, but you're not Harry Potter. Yeah. Just see <laughs> But maybe you're better off. <laughs> I would love to know how it affects people's just their, their yeah. psyche and all that kind of stuff. Like especially like something like Harry Potter where for a decade there was movies coming out. And and you're set for life. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> so this song got to number twelve in Australia even though we did not have the Budweiser ad that it was parodying. We just liked it. We just liked what's up. We love that and we will do whatever America tells us to do. (laughs) We will will be like, yeah, it'll be number 12 here. Uh, We don't care. uh, Budweiser bought it back in 2008 with an ad called What's Up 2008 and it was a longer kind of two-minute short film that was criticising George W. Bush. Budweiser. Yeah, which they wouldn't. <laughs> they wouldn't do now. No, no, they got they're, they're in too much hot hot water for having a trans person simply hold a bottle of Budweiser, and now they're freaking out. They would never do that. They're cowards. They're cowards. Absolute cowards. All right, we are going to take a quick break. We'll be back after these messages, and we're back. All right, first time on the pod for this artist. I'm very much excited to be talking about it. This is Lil Kim. Featuring Cisco of the Thong Song fame and their song, How Many Licks, but it's the Soul Society remix. Here we go. Hold up. So just so She goes on to say how many more uh, people from different races she fucked. It is. Yeah. This is from her second album, The Notorious K.I.M. or Notorious Kim, uh, produced by Mario Winans and Sean Puffy Coombs. Uh, This song, all about oral sex. And would it surprise you that it was written by a dude? uh, So the melody, the chorus, 
Cisco wrote that. So uh, to get to the middle. Yeah, I'm not surprised. You're not trying to get to the middle of a woman. That's her, like uterus. Well, <laughs> in, in Cisco's defense, it's a parody of the Tootsie Roll ad. So another oh. ad, two, two ad songs, yeah. Okay. How many licks does it take to get to the middle of a Tootsie Roll is what the ad sure. was. Ah, uh, then cancel everything. I, yeah. <laughs> but I think I loved this song. It's, and so, I, it's so fun. It's so fun. This is a song that came up because I just like lined up all the songs. I didn't follow the playlist. I just like put them all um, in my music app to listen and it went from Don't Panic straight to this and I was like, whoa, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> uh, incredibly, there's been multiple academic papers written on this song, uh, ranging from all, all thoughts and feelings about the song, saying it, this is taking back female empowerment to the yeah. other end saying it reflects poorly on black female sexuality. Uh-huh. And one I saw saying that it is speaking up for the forgotten class of Americans. That's inmates beating off to magazines. So she talks uh- about there was a guy, one of her guys was in jail and wrote to her how much he likes uh, jacking off to her when, when she's in magazines. Wow. Yeah. Uh, look, I think it's a fun song. It's great. And, you know, like 20 years later we got WAP. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and people would probably like, that was, you know, the same thing. Everybody like tore it apart and couldn't believe it and it was like oh it's just like two black women owning their sexuality and having fun with it and like making jokes like yep. look him is like funny as in this yep. track and people were freaking out about it it's like chill and there's lots of different kinds of people in this world it, let it, them exist it is a shame that little kim and Nicki minaj do not get on uh Nicki yeah Minaj has kind of come out and said she was a big inspiration and little kim pretty much yeah because you ripped me off i know and then it was like oh fuck i tried and yeah it's it's a bit messy i don't think either of them are the type of people who who step down and go oh sorry i didn't mean to like i think they're both yeah speak no, up they're both like that i mean nikki i love her um but she she does get in some feuds like her and cardi b hate each other and it's like if you collabed the world would implode yeah uh <laughs> So the album is an homage to Biggie's album. Uh, she credits him for discovering her. They had a relationship. Uh, yeah. He got her pregnant. She terminated the pregnancy because she said, I, I knew what type of father he would be and I, I also wanted to focus on my career. Mm. Uh, he was violent towards her as well. Uh, Jermaine Dupree uh, witnessed Biggie pull a gun out on her. And oh. then in 2010, she recalled one time he choked her until she lost consciousness. I've never heard any of this yeah. about Biggie because mm. I think, wow, well, that, what a, wow, Lil' Kim, far yeah. out. I do feel for, like, women in hip-hop in the 90s and early 2000s as well because they really, like, were trailblazers but also had to, like, be exposed to that kind of stuff yeah. and just and be and be chill with it or if they weren't they were crazy like it's so that's so wild i never knew that yeah wow i i don't think it was just uh limited to hip-hop world either yeah no yeah yeah music industry in general <laughs> so cisco is on this song i look cisco was huge in this time this is just off the back of thong song uh so in 2001 he had a doll that you could buy from the shops the cisco doll that's how big oh. he was that's so funny. That's like, I wonder who that will be now, you know, where in like yeah. 20 years time, we're like, sorry, who had a doll? Like, yeah. <laughs> I just can't imagine it. I can't, I guess like, they'll just be like YouTubers who had makeup palettes that we forget about. I don't know, but yeah. a doll of Cisco. Um, Crazy. 2001 was a very busy time for little Kim. She got herself in quite a bit of trouble. Uh, so her entourage got in a shootout with a rival group. Uh, called Capone and Nariga, and Kim said that she wasn't aware what happened. And then in 2003, uh, security images uh, show that she was there as the shooting was happening. And so uh. Uh, she got uh, one year and one day in prison, $50,000 fine and three years probation. Wow. But she released an album the day she went into prison. Around then it came out and it was her biggest album ever. Everyone was like, Genius. Yeah. yeah. But then yeah. when, she, when she got out, she wanted to leave her um, leave her label. There's a whole whole thing, and I think we'll talk about it next time she's on because I think she's on coming up in a couple of episodes' time. Yeah, she's yeah. a she's a huge icon and also a complicated figure. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
All right, moving on. First time on the pod. This is their debut single. We have talked about Damon's other band before, but this is the first time for Gorillas. This is Clint Eastwood. Glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on. I ain't happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on. It's coming on. It's coming on. It's coming on. It's coming on. Finally, someone let me out of my cage Now, time for me is nothing cause I'm counting no A's Nah, I couldn't be there Nah, you shouldn't be scared I'm good at repairs And I'm under each snare Intangible Bet you didn't think so I command you to Panoramic view Look, I'll make it all manageable Pick and choose Sit and lose All you different crews Chicks and dudes Who you think is really kicking tunes Picture you getting down in a picture too Like you lit the fuse You think it's fictional, mystical, maybe Spiritual hero who appears in you to clear your view yeah. when you're too crazy. Lifeless to those the definition for what life is. Priceless to you because I put you on the hype shit and like it. Gun smoke, you're righteous with one token. Psychic among no possess you with one go. So good. It's good, it's, isn't it? It's so funny that, yeah, when I saw this on the uh, playlist, I was like, uh, like uh, it, this last week at least that has been my morning song like the you know how you just have a song that you need to put on to like yeah. get you going because i feel like it perfectly like aside from like all the lyrics and everything but like it perfectly like encapsulates that morning pace yeah. of being like all right gotta put my oh. pants on like gotta go the song i'm listening to at the minute and i'm just flogging all every day i listen to it is angie mcmahon's uh make mistakes have you heard this song it's so beautiful. It's so great. Oh, I listeners, love Andrew McMahon. That, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, wow. That's what I'm listening yeah. to, listeners, not, not 90s and 2000s pop songs. <laughs> um, but, okay, this song, debut single, uh, Damon Albin and Jamie Hewlett's band. Jamie Hewlett did Tank Girl. Uh, it's named Clint Eastwood because it's the similar, similar theme to The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, which Clint Eastwood's film. Mm. Uh, so this is how they met. Okay, in 1990... Uh, Graham Coxon of Blur, huge fan of Tank Girl and and Jamie Hewlett's work, he asked him to interview Blur uh, for Deadline magazine, and uh, Hewlett and Damon Albarn apparently did not get on, and Hewlett said that Damon was arsy and a wanker. Arsy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but That's a great insult. <laughs> they all mixed in similar circles, and then uh, Graham Coxon and broke up with his girlfriend, Jane Oliver, and then uh, Jamie Hewlett started dating her. So that all kind of hang out together, which that's, would have been, it's weird, isn't you it? You said that like that, that's like a regular thing. Like, yeah, so they started dating uh, his ex and now they all hang out together, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, really, that sounds like a lesbian situation. That's what we like to do. Well, that's how hang out with their exes. Me and one of my best friends uh, to this day met because I, look, I knew that, the girl that I started dating had a boyfriend, but I didn't know it was him. And uh, <laughs> and then when we met, I was like, this guy's really cool. Oh, she's got a type. She likes guys who are into music. Cool okay. guys. Yeah, cool guys. <laughs> uh, and we're still friends. Oh, I um, love that. That's kind of nice. But we're not, neither of us are really friends with the ex. So yeah, that's, well, that's yeah. what happens. Bros, dude. Dudes are up. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. You got the call. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the band came about because... Uh, Apparently, Jamie Hewlett was watching MTV and he said to Damon Albert, if you watch MTV for too long, it's like hell. There's nothing of substance here. And so Damon had the idea of making a virtual band that would comment on that and saying it was because it was the start of the boy band stuff. He said, let's just make a like a band like that where each person has their own characters, but actually make them interesting. Mm. So, yeah, uh, this song uh, became viral again recently because uh, there's a clip of Damon with a little uh, Suzuki Omnicord. Yes! So it's a built-in preset. If you haven't seen this clip, listeners, he just, someone asked him, how did he come up with that? And he just says, oh, it's here, just presses it. And it's exactly the... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And it's so good. It's like, uh, yeah, I love... Uh, uh, yeah, 
it, I mean, that's exactly what like this podcast is all about and stuff, but just like the, the mundane stuff that becomes the track, like the Billie Eilish, um, oh, the, the pedestrian per- thing. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, perfect. Like, yeah. that's what makes it so, I don't yeah. know. And like, yeah. Like ha- Howie farting. That's, that's what makes Howie- the call. Farting is that that's it. That's the little Suzuki thing. <laughs> Did you know that's how he's fart? Wow. And and history was made. <laughs> so uh Dell the Funky Homo sapien is uh the rapper who we heard most of it. Uh so apparently uh he was working um with a British group called uh, Fire Life Cipher. I've never I don't know them. Uh but Dan the Automator was working with him and so he said to Dell, Hey, come and just if you got a spare minute, do you want to rap over the top of this song we're working on and it took him half an hour to write the rap and he said he took inspiration from a book that his mum gave him called how to write a hit song and so this song was pretty much like the suzuki omnicord had the beat this guy who just happened to be around took half hour of his day to go all right yeah cool he left he didn't know like he's american he didn't really know anything about like damon arlen and stuff like that he only found out that it was a hit when he had friends saying, hey, that song that you guessed it on, it's all over the radio. That's great. Yeah. Huge. And what a, yeah, what such a, the gorillas are, I think like, again, like especially of that era and the stuff that they came out with, like got to be one of the best, like the greatest collabs ever. Yeah. You know, they were supposed to do Splendor last year and I was there, but it was that Splendor in the mud and yeah. they had to cancel their whole Friday night. The gorillas were headlining there. And they ended up going and playing like a pub, I think like the beach hotel in Byron. And I was like furious because we were trapped in the field. <laughs> Amazing. So this song got number one in Italy, number four in the UK, 17 here. And Double J had it as their 14th greatest debut single of all time. Yeah. And I agree. So That's big, huge big that call. that's their debut. I, I didn't know, know that. That's, yeah. Oh, my Although, God. Although, can I just say, it's a debut in the way of like, all right, Damon Arbon is already established. Yeah, yeah, It's, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. when, I, I think we laughed about this once when Lane and Woodley split up. Frank Woodley was eligible for Best Newcomer at the Comedy Festival, even though <laughs> he'd won the Edinburgh Fringe Award. He's like, he's because it was his first solo show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I hope, it, I hope he gets it. I love it. Yeah. I love the underdog. <laughs> All right, moving on. Here we go. This is another work by that dirty old dog Mutt Lang, Shania Twain's ex. Uh, He wrote this song. This is Britney Spears and Don't Let Me Be the Last to Know. Love it. Love Britney. Great. I think that was a really nice, uh, I really highlighted her vocals there. I well, thought. that's the thing. She says this is one of her favourite songs from her entire career. And I think it, that's the re- because it must be, if you are a singer, it must be fun to sing this one instead of, I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't agree. I mean, you've got Toxic, <laughs> Piece no. of Me, Oops, I Did It no, Again. No, I can't. This does no. not make the top 20 of Britney songs. But no. as, a, as a performer, you'd be like, oh, this, is, this would be fun to actually showcase my voice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think, yeah, I don't really, 
I skipped this song. It, it was a skip on that album. Really loved that album um, when I was growing up. It was a skip for me. But I think the title is nice. I think the sentiment is nice. Don't let me be the last to know. Yeah, that's cool. Didn't know that Shania Twain's ex wrote it. He's an asshole, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, she, he left Shania for her, like someone, one of the staff members. And so she got with the start. Then, then they swapped husbands. It was a, it was a real wife swap. It was great. <laughs> Shania Love. Twain also helped out on some of the lyrics of this as well. Of course she did. Well, Does you the, can. I can actually now that yeah. you say that, I'm like, of course she did. I can hear that. <laughs> so the film clip was directed by Herb Ritz, famous photographer, and yeah. Britney's mum Lynn hated how sexual it was. She's like, it's too sexual. Stop, stop doing it. And someone else who hated how sexual it was was Britney's then boyfriend Justin Timberlake who apparently complained about the kissing scenes she did with the French model they'd hired for the day. So, I remember this. This came out like pretty recently or, or came back into the zeitgeist recently because people have turned on Justin. Yeah, they really have. Yeah, yeah. He didn't treat her, he didn't treat her right. And he, that's what happens. <laughs> it's incredible he bought MySpace just as it went down the gurgler. Like, <laughs> he did, I forgot yeah. about that. That's so funny. That's I, I, you know what I just thought though because of his role in the social network. I was like, but given how badly it went for him with Enron yeah. or whatever, what, what was the other whatever the other music streaming thing was that went Napster. down? Napster. Yeah. But that's a different. That was a character that he played. Um, yes. It's All not right. reality. Now, I found this out yesterday. I didn't know this. You probably already know this. There'll be Britney fans already knew this. I didn't know she was in a girl group before she was Britney Spears solo. She was in a group I didn't know that yeah, called Innocence, spelt I-N-N-O-S-E-N-S-E. Not Innocence. In- Innocence. Yeah. <laughs> it was put together by Backstreet Boys NSYNC manager Lou Perlman, the blimp man for the listeners, one of the worst, worst people in music industry. Oh, cool. uh, Justin Timberlake's mum was involved. She was like a manager of them. Britney was with them for a year but decided to go solo. And then she hit it big. And her openers on her first big tour of America was Innocence, which is that a nice gesture or is that an absolute power move? I mean, I can't imagine Beyonce getting the rest of Destiny's Child to open for her. Imagine. Uh, nice if they're your friends. Hey, come on the road. It's going to be fun. I want to showcase you. I want to give you the thing. But if she left going, hey, I'm bigger than you guys and I'm going to prove it by bringing you on the road. Yeah. And you're going to be my openers. Yeah. All right. Hey, in 1999, though, a new singer joined, a woman by the name of Jenny Morris, who Google tries to tell you is the New Zealand break-in-the-weather Jenny Morris. I was so excited (laughs) when I thought that was it, but it's not. But that would have been the most 100% hit story ever if Jenny Morris joined Britney's old band, but alas, it's not the the case. I wish. Moving on. We've talked about this person before as well. This is Faith Hill. And their song, The Way You Love Me. This was before camera phones. So there is a yeah. way now that you can watch uh, how you do it. <laughs> now we can actually see the way. That's the interesting thing. <laughs> so this was uh, number one on the country charts in America for four weeks. Of course. In Hungary, number four on the pop charts. Okay, hungry. Yeah. They're hungry for a bit of Faith Hill. <laughs> All 
Uh, from her album Breathe. Uh, so she now is Faith McGraw because she married Tim McGraw. Uh, Faith Hill, stage name. Her real name, Audrey Faith Perry. So she kept the faith. The faith is a bit you think, oh, that's the bit made up. You gotta keep the faith. They're yeah. really, they're really hard about that. Gotta keep the faith. <laughs> but she made up Hill instead of Faith Perry. Faith Hill. Wow. Yeah. That is so interesting. And I, I kind of well, I guess is is she still going by Faith Hill or does she go by Faith McGraw now? She goes by Faith McGraw now. Um, she she acts as well. She's in that Yellowstone prequel. Either the oh. 18 one or the 19 one. I can't remember. I don't watch it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I looked in some, some other stage names that people I didn't know were stage names. So Olivia Wilde, the actor. Yeah. So she took it from Oscar Wilde. Olivia's a first name. Her real name, Olivia Cockburn. <laughs> and I think that the last, like, the drama of the last 12 months has proven that maybe Olivia... <laughs> Olivia Cockburn. Um, that is so funny. What? Yeah, you've got to change your name. You change That's, that. You've got to. I know someone who I think their their given name is someone and it's spelled D-I-X-I-T. And I was like, oh, Dixit. And they were like, no, it's actually Dick Shit. Oh. <laughs> they were a teacher and they didn't you, change. No, nah, you don't get into teaching with that surname. Mr. Dick Shit. And, and I was like, okay. So Emma Emma Stone, that's her. She's actually Emily Stone, but she changed it to Emma because she's a big fan of Baby Spice. That is true. Ah. <laughs> Bet. Yep. Um, Eric Bishop, that is yep. that is Jamie Fox's real name. So J- Jamie Fox is not Jamie Fox, and the reason he changed to Jamie Fox because when he started doing stand up in LA, he went by Eric Bishop, and he'd absolutely destroy, and. It was all these lineup shows where you put your name down. If he put Eric Bishop, the guys who were running it wouldn't put him on because they couldn't follow him. So he'd change different names. So he put down <gasps> he put down names that were kind of uh, uh, what's the word um, like non gendered. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. They thought, oh, this could be a girl coming up, and then it was Jamie Fox destroy again, and Jamie Fox was the one that stuck. That's so funny, and also. How petty of those room runners. Let yeah. him shine. Let oh, him have, shine. Have you, have you never met a room runner? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Michael Keaton is actually Michael Douglas. That's his real oh, name. Well, you have to change that. Yeah. How are you going to follow the king? And he chose, chose Keaton because he's a big fan of Diane Keaton. <laughs> okay. And that's not her real name. Her real name is Diane Hall. Diane Keaton's Hall? Diane is Hall. That- Annie Hall. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why. I don't know. I didn't look into the Woody Allen history for this podcast. Last week we did R. Kelly. It's enough. It's enough. (laughs) And this is, this is, I've said this one on the pod before, or this, not this pod. So the Australian singer Jack Ladder, who Mm. is fantastic, his real name is actually Tim Rogers, who's the lead singer of UMI. Get out. Yeah. But he couldn't do it because it's like, yeah. And it's Tim Rogers. When I interviewed Tim Rogers, he said that Jack Ladder's mum came up to him and said, You ruined my son's career. And he goes, oh, I think he's doing all right. All right. <laughs> all right. Our last song. Our last song, Jordan, for the, for the side. This is, we talked about it last time. Last time on the pod, I said, This is a one and done for this band. I should have looked ahead and realized they had another song on. This is Madison, spelled M A D A S U N, and their song, Walking on Water. This is this song is the lyrics are kind of mean. <laughs> You're a two-time loser. You're in a dead end job, 
And then the I guess the take home message is choose to be happy. That's it. <laughs> That's it. So the melody in the in the verses sounds like have you seen Jane Daycaster on Taskmaster when he has to write his own song? And he's like, over your shoulder. That's what this sounds like. Yes. It's like um, the life, oh, life, oh, life. Desiree being like literally coming up with the end of the line, rhyming that all along and then putting in the filler lyrics. So uh, this song I think is a better song than the song we talked about last time called Feel Good. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I didn't. I didn't mind that one. I know that uh, the guest. I think Emma Holland was the guest. She was like, "Oh, it's fine," but yeah, which is fair enough. Uh, but there was a song in between. So this was released before uh, "Feel Good." But there was another song of theirs called "Don't You Worry," which they didn't put on any of these compilations. Which was the big song in this country. It went to number six, and it wasn't big anywhere else. Not even though these guys are from the UK, it wasn't didn't chart anywhere else. And I'll play some of "Don't You Worry." Yeah. This is this is the better Madison song of of the three. Here we go. Do you remember this at all? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I. Yeah. Immediately, I remember it. Little boy on my telephone. You've been away. Now you wanna come home. It's kind of strange. Iconic song. Yeah, that's that, a, like yeah, yeah. Thank you for bringing that back into my life, Josh. I'm that's, like, I forgot Madison. about that. Don't you yeah. worry. Now, you know what? I'm gonna look at because I, I never look ahead of the compilations to see how many uh, what's coming up. So I reckon uh, Hums and Hits Summer 2002. We're gonna have that song. I'm gonna have to talk about it twice. That's all right. I don't mind it. Yes. I don't mind it. Um, <laughs> I've got nothing to say about Madison. I think it's it's fine. I think they they came and went like yeah. I don't, it just feels like it, there was just such an era and like we're still kind of in it but maybe that people don't get away with it as much anymore of just like industry plants like made up and then like sometimes they they absolutely nail it with like Spice Girls or Backstreet Boys or something like that and then yeah. sometimes it's like it's clear like we can tell when something's like it has to be good like it still has to be good and yeah. this I just, I just don't think that that song is. Very good, and it's and again, it's mean. <laughs> all right, well, what we're doing now is we are going to go through them all, and you're going to tell me if it's a hit or not. So we're going to start with Coldplay. Don't panic. It's a hit. It's a hit. As if people weren't li- like, especially given when this came, this like 2001, the era, it, it would have been the perfect song to listen to in yeah. that time. Yeah. Backstreet Boys, The Call. It wasn't a hit, but now that I know about Howie's flatulence, it is. It's a hit. It's a hit. Fragma, you are alive. It's not a hit. I want it to be, but it's not. Chorus is good. Uh, The cause, give me a reason. Not a hit. Boo. Now we go. Demutz, what's up? That's a hit. Yeah. (laughs) Faultless. Little Kim and Cisco, how many licks? Hit. Absolute hit. Yeah, that could be the song on the album. Uh, oh, actually, Gorillas, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, that's a hit. That's probably I think the song on the album. A, yeah. a real genuine hit. <laughs> uh, Britney Spears, Don't Let Me Be the Last to Know. Not a hit for me. I want it to be, but it's not. Faith Hill, The Way You Love Me. It's, it's not a hit. I'm sorry to the country fans out there. Sorry, Aubrey. And Madison, Walking on Water. Not a hit. Sorry, Madison. I'm sorry to the girls. I feel like I've really let him down. That's 50% hits. That's good. That's good That's for this podcast. Good. Yeah. That's pretty good. What's Have you ever had a, a list with no hits? Well, we were close last week. I think we had one hit, uh, even though I thought it was a very strong. So we had uh, only the Sugar Babes <laughs> Overload was the hit. Oh, well. <laughs> But we had yeah. we had music by Madonna, Whole Again by Atomic Kitten, All for You by Janet Jackson, What Took You So Long by Emma Bunton, Touch Me by Rue De Silva, Supreme by Robbie Williams, uh, Stutter by Joe, It's Raining Men by Jerry Halliwell. And okay. o- only one. James McCann. Yeah. He was very harsh, but it was very fun. No, I'll be I'll be sending him a letter and a pipe bomb. <laughs> well <laughs> it's it's so funny. Stuff. Listeners so many listeners hit me up in the DMs and was like, Hey, 
totally agree with James. There was only one song and so many of you have been like, nah, this is nine at least. Nine. So it's like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, thanks so much, Jordan, for doing this. Have you got anything to plug? Um, yes, you can just go to my socials. I'm going to put my show from this year on YouTube. So if you want to see me do some comedy from the comfort of your home or sideways in your bed while you're procrastinating going to sleep, you can do that pretty soon. Uh, your name came up uh, in a green room I was in the other day. Uh, Reese Nicholson was singing your praises, your Princess Diana joke that you posted <laughs> the other day. That's great. It's my mum's least favourite joke, but Reese Nicholson's favourite. Yes. So there we go. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks everyone for downloading this episode. If you would like to be a Patreon subscriber and get an extra episode a week, go to patreon.com slash D-Y-K-W-I-A. Hey, there's only what four more episodes after this, guys, of this one, uh, and then we start the new one. Also, in November, I'm doing uh, four live uh, Don't You Know Who I Am's at The Catfish every Sunday, and then after that, doing a work-in-progress show of my brand-new hour that I'm trying to get up for the festival season. Tickets are at joshhill.com.au. Hopefully, I see you there if you're in Melbourne. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you so much. This is so fun. See you next time. Bye. Bye.